This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. So why do seagulls live near the sea? Because if they live near the bay, they'd be bagels. Welcome to Wings and Things, where you'll find real answers to real questions about everything you want to know about pet birds. Care, feeding, bird products, travel, and more. Everything to make your frequent flyer a happy camper. From parrots to parakeets, cockatiels to cockatoos, you'll have a bird's eye view of everything there is to know about your fun, feathered friends. So, spread your wings and get ready to fly with your Wings and Things host, bird expert and author, Susan Chamberlain. Hi, welcome to Wings and Things on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Susan Chamberlain, and I'm in the studio with Ratchet, a mitered conure at the moment. You may hear her chattering a little bit in the background, and if we're lucky, we may even get to hear her say a couple of words or sing a little song. Right, Ratchet? Hello, hello. Well, there she goes in the background. Um, but anyway, this time, we're going to talk about bird-proofing your home. You know, when you share your home with a companion bird, it's not just a hobby. It's a whole new lifestyle. Believe it or not, the average home is actually a birdie booby trap. Things have got to change once your feathered friend moves in. There are dangers lurking everywhere. The first thing you need to do is secure the escape routes. Don't be lulled into a false sense of security because your bird never lets you out of its sight. He's just trying to prevent you from escaping. Seriously, though, even the tamest, most loving pet birds sometimes escape or are inadvertently released into the great outdoors. But there are things you can do to prevent your bird from ending up in the lost section of the local newspaper or on the internet. Loss prevention begins with the bird. Have your bird's wings clipped regularly by an avian veterinarian or by an experienced bird groomer. Inspect the wings for regrowth at least once a month. They grow out an awful lot faster than you think they would. And do be aware that cockatiels can often fly no matter how closely their flight feathers have been clipped. They're just like little rockets no matter what. They can fly a little bit even if their wings are severely clipped. Wing clipping doesn't hurt the bird. It's like cutting your hair. But you should have it done by an experienced person to avoid cutting a blood feather or injuring your bird. Take precautions to ensure that your bird doesn't have an opportunity to escape from your home. Keep the doors and windows closed when your bird is out of its cage. When you take your bird to be groomed, make sure you take it safely inside a carrier. And one thing you should teach your bird is how to step up on a stick or a perch. In the event that your bird ever does escape and is up in a tree, you'll be able to extend that stick or perch toward your bird and your bird will hopefully automatically step right onto it. If your bird, on the other hand, is not familiar with stepping onto a stick or a perch, it'll be afraid of it and may fly off again. So perch training your bird can really be a lifesaver. Keep a record of the information on your bird's leg band. Your bird has a little band around its leg and there are numbers on that band. 
Copy them exactly as they appear on the band so you can positively identify your bird in case it ever does escape and is recovered. Take a good close-up photo of your bird, too, and make a note of distinguishing physical characteristics like a missing toe or toenail or a toenail that's a different color than the others. And make an inventory of your pet's vocabulary for identification purposes. Did you know that the black lines on a blue and gold macaw's face are actually little tiny black feathers? And the patterns that those little feathers make are each as distinct as a fingerprint. No two birds have exactly the same pattern. So do take a picture of your macaw's face if you have a blue and gold macaw or a green wing macaw. They have those little rows of feathers on their faces and they can also be used for identification purposes. Now let's take a look around your home. What can you do to make sure your bird stays safely inside? Check out the window screens. Are they in good repair? Is your bird's cage or gym located away from frequently opened exterior doors? If small children are in residence, install safety latches high up on the doors and keep them fastened for goodness sake. A bird playing peacefully on its stand may be startled by a sudden noise or movement in the home and take off through the open door. One of my African greys is always uh, startled by the landscapers. And when they come with their great big lawn mowers, she takes off and goes and hides in the dining room. Now, if there were an open door on that side of the house, she might take off through there too. So, you know, you have to be aware of the dangers and work with them and work with your bird and take steps that your bird doesn't fly off or get hurt. You know, when I hear the landscapers coming, I run and get Bobo and put her right in her cage so she doesn't take off. Avoid collisions. Keep your bird's wings clipped to help prevent collisions with mirrors, windows, sliding glass doors, and other household objects. Teach a formerly flighted bird that it can no longer fly by sitting on a bed or a floor with him. Allow him to attempt flight from that low altitude. After one or two soft landings, he'll realize that you're his best mode of transportation. Tour your home holding your bird securely. Walk right up to mirrors and closed windows with your bird. Allow him to touch the windows and mirrors with his beak so that he'll learn that these are solid objects, not something he can fly or walk through. Make sure to turn off ceiling fans when your birds are at liberty, too. Even if they can't fly, small birds especially may gain some altitude. Throw your bird a life preserver. Avian drownings can occur in open toilets, fish tanks, bathtubs, and other receptacles full of liquid. Keep the toilet seat down, cover your fish tanks, and close the bathroom door. Before you know it, doing all these things will be second nature. You'll just do them automatically, and your bird will be a lot safer for it. Is there a killer in your kitchen? Fumes emitted from nonstick cookware and appliances can kill your birds quickly. Nonstick products are coated with polymers containing polytetrafluoroethylene. And when these products containing this element, known as PTFE, for short, when these elements are heated, 
fumes and minute particulate matter are dispersed into the atmosphere where they're inhaled by air-breathing creatures. That means your birds, too. These odorless emissions may cause polymer fume fever, a flu-like condition in humans, but they can be deadly to birds in a matter of minutes. Manufacturers have stated that nonstick products must be overheated to emit these toxic fumes, but that isn't really true. There's some difference of opinion, first of all, to what temperature must be reached to cause this overheating. The manufacturers don't agree on that. And bird owners have reported that their pets have perished when the products are just under normal use. So the safest thing to do is simply not to use nonstick cookware if you have a bird. It um, is produced in a variety of different brand names like Teflon, Calphalon, Anilon, Circulon, and um, many others. Just don't use it. If it's nonstick, chances are it's quite dangerous. Another thing around the house that could um, imperil your pet birds are other pets, cats and dogs. I think we may have discussed this previously, but you have to be really careful not to allow your bird physical contact with your cat or dog. They harbor a bacteria in their mouths called Pasteurella, and if the cat scratches the bird or the dog bites the bird, that bacteria can be transferred to the bird's bloodstream and cause an infection, which may be fatal. Watch out for children, too, you know, little kids. If you have children in the home, be careful of their little fingers, too. You know, big beaks can bite. And be careful to safeguard the birds also from children. They may be feeding the birds things that the birds shouldn't eat, like chocolate, Not a good thing, chocolate, candy, or they may be giving the birds small little children's toys that birds shouldn't have, especially if they have removable parts. I hear Ratchet over there. She's kind of chattering away. What's up, Ratchet? Come on, what's up? Will she say what's up? No, she's just chattering. But uh, Ratchet tries to stay safe in her home by retreating to her cage Um, when she feels threatened or she just wants to spend some cozy time in her own little home. You know, your bird's cage should really be a sanctuary. Don't think of it as the lockup. It's your bird, you know, in the wild, birds have their nests. They have their own trees. They have their own roosts. And the cage in your home is your bird's own little microcosm of safety and security within your home. So, Have that cage in an area where the bird can see what's going on in the house, but isn't necessarily right in the middle of all the activity. Birds do need 10 or 12 hours of sleep a night. They they really do need that quiet time. Even though you may think they're having a good time partying on, they can be very grouchy the next day. Some of the other household hazards that you need to be aware of when you have a bird in the house are the cleaning chemicals, the things you use to clean 
They can be toxic to the birds. The fumes may bother them. And certainly you don't want the birds actually getting into any of your cleaning products. So make sure they are securely away from curious beaks. And when you are using cleaning products, move your bird to another room and make sure to ventilate your house carefully. Scented candles can also be a problem. Some of the oils in the scents can harm your bird. They can be sensitive to them. And even people with asthma or breathing problems may have sensitivities to scented candles. So that's another thing that you'll have to give up when a bird moves into your house. Cosmetics. That's something we don't always think of, but you know, my cracker, my double yellow headed Amazon likes to be with me no matter what I'm doing. And when I'm putting on my makeup, she's right there looking in the mirror with me. And sometimes she tries to grab an eyebrow pencil or a little piece of lipstick, but that's a big no-no. You don't want your bird messing in your cosmetics. Or, you know, there may be compounds in them that may be harmful to your birds. There may be bacteria in your mascara. At the very least, it'll make a god-awful mess if your bird is chewing up cosmetic products. Hairspray and aerosols are no-nos. Make sure you only use those behind closed doors away from your bird. Because birds have such very sensitive respiratory systems, inhaling these aerosolized droplets can be very, very harmful. So be very careful. You know, there are a lot of lifestyle changes when you have a pet bird, but most of them, you know, make life better for your bird and they also make life better for you because truthfully, who needs all these toxins anyway? If they're not good for our birds, chances are in the long run, they're not good for us either. So there's a whole host of things, you know, even when you're recarpeting your home, a new carpeting, a lot of carpets emit formaldehyde fumes. So you're going to want to have that carpet aired at the at the store for several days before they even lay it in your home. Or you can opt for formaldehyde free carpeting. It'll be a little more expensive, but in the long run, again, it'll be better for you and better for your birds because neither one of you will be inhaling these formaldehyde fumes. There are a lot of things to think about and, you know, we're, we're thinking about the greenhouse gases and saving the world and a lot of lex, less toxic products are going to be available and think about that when you're shopping for things for your home because the less toxic things you use inside your home, the better it is for you and for your bird. Your bird uh, comes originally, you know, its ancestors came from the pristine jungles or the savannas of Africa or the islands of Maluka or Indonesia or Australia. So it's that's what they're used to living in. They're not used to indoor air pollution. So that's something we really have to be mindful of and control. And the three best things you can do, ventilate, ventilate, ventilate. Open a window for a portion of each day. Sitting on a branch overlooking the parking lot, the pigeons watched as a Mercedes pulled in below them. What do you think, one bird said to the other? Should we put a deposit on that car? Stay perched. Wings and Things will be soaring back right after these messages. 
What if you could protect the life of your cat with something so simple and affordable that you already use every day? Get ready for the evolution of kitty litter. It's Pretty Litter. Along with all the features you've come to expect from your kitty litter, Pretty Litter's patented and scientific formula will also monitor your cat's health and detect illnesses early while providing industry-leading odor control. Two kitty litters, same cat, same price. But there's one important difference. Pretty Litter reacts to your cat's waste by detecting health issues simply by changing color. And the key is that Pretty Litter detects these issues before your cat shows symptoms of physical illness or pain, likely saving you major dollars in vet bills while protecting the health of your cat. What do you think, little guy? Ready to switch litter? Pretty Litter. Colorful insight into your cat's health. Go to prettylittercats.com forward slash cat 101 or use coupon code cat 101 to get 20% off your first subscription order. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. A Frenchman walks into a bar with a parrot on his shoulder. The bartender asks, where did you get that thing? The parrot replies, in France. There are millions of them. Don't have a canary. Wings and Things is back with more great words on birds with your host, Susan Chamberlain. Hi, this is Susan Chamberlain back on Wings and Things. Roberta Fabiano has now joined me in the studio. And we've got some silly parrot questions that may not be so silly after all. Welcome, Roberta. Well, thank you for having me back so soon, Susan. <laughs> Well, what are your questions? Okay, uh, I'm sure they're going to be very silly sounding, but they are things I thought about when I first, I knew nothing about birds when I had my first parrot. So, all right, here goes. Can you talk about the parrot's toes? They seem to be different from other birds, the wild birds. Well, parrots are unique in that they are zygodactylous, which means that they have two toes facing frontwards and two toes facing backwards, where most birds will have the three toes facing the front and one facing the back. And a lot of times, if you notice, when you're, when you're looking at merchandise, like maybe a little sculpture or statue of a parrot, if it's made somewhere where they don't generally see parrots, you may see that they have three toes facing frontwards instead of the correct two toes. Now, um, um, most people wouldn't notice that, but people who share their homes and share their lives with parrots would notice that. So the parrots are the only birds that have their toes in that, the two in the front, two in the back. No other, no other feathered creature on this planet? No other feathered creature on this planet. Well, I'm not 100% sure about that. I would have to look that up, but I think we are pretty safe in saying that parrots are pretty unique that way. And, and what are you calling it, a pterodactyl? Uh, what, what is it again? No, it's not a pterodactyl, although we may, or some of our birds may seem like pterodactyls. It's zygodactylus. <laughs> Here's another, you know, really silly question. Do parrots have ears? You know, I used to, I do actually know the answer to that, but that was a question I had in the old days. Well, um, yes, parrots do have ears. 
even though there's a lot of giggling going on in here. But this segment is called Silly Parrot Questions. Yes, parrots do have ears, although we don't ordinarily see them. They are located on the sides of the head, right behind the eyes. And if the feathers are a little thin there, or if you're scratching your bird's head and it lifts up its feathers, you may see the ears. They just look like a a hole in either side of the head. So this little round hole there. And sometimes new bird owners get scared and nervous, and they'll even call the vet and say, my bird has a hole in his head. What is that? And it's his ears. There's absolutely nothing wrong when you see that little hole in your bird's head. Yeah, the the first time I saw the hole in my bird's head, the vet pointed it out to me. I had no idea. And there was, you know, it's just something that never occurred to me. Uh, What about this question? I I don't know the answer to this. Uh, Do parrots have eyelashes? Well, you have to get pretty close to your parrot to find that out. And actually, um, I'm not quite sure about all of them, but my African gray, Bert, when he sleeps on me, you can see little teeny, teeny, almost microscopic eyelashes. And What about eyebrows? Uh, no, I don't think they have eyebrows. <laughs> Although some of their markings may look like eyebrows. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. What about that mustached parrot? Isn't there a mustached parakeet? I've seen it in the stores. It looks like it has a mustache. Yes, the mustache parakeet is a member of the genus Cidicula. It's related to the Alexandrine parakeets and the slaty-headed and um, plum-headed parakeets. And the mustache parakeet looks like it has a little beard or, li- and a, or a little mustache, and that's its markings. The birds are particularly beautiful. They're from Asia. They're the, a, part of the Asian parakeets. And they kind of almost look like a miniature male Alexandrine parakeet. And the males have the more distinct markings. But they are just incredibly beautiful. They look like paintings. Their feathers are so fine. What color? Oh, they are, they're green with a little rose on the breast and the black mustache and maybe some blue on their heads. And then there's another, a Derbian parakeet is also related to them, and they are very, very beautiful as well. But Derbians don't make such excellent pets. They can be good pets. But if you want a, a, you know, they're never going to be a cuddly Amazon. They're still, I, I compare them to tigers. They are as tigers are to lions. They always have that more, that bit of wildness in them. You know, a lion is very content to become a house pet practically, whereas a tiger is always going to have that tiger in him. And a derby and parakeet is always going to be wanting to fly up and down the Himalayas. Wow. <laughs> wow. So um, here's another uh, silly question. Uh, what is the best way to clean up after your bird? Defecates. Um, I presume you mean as your bird poops. Yes. Yes. Well, just because it's green doesn't mean it's pesto. And... <laughs> 
and that stuff needs to be cleaned up. You know, it can get all over the place if you are not careful. You know, people walk around with birds on their shoulders. Somebody said to me one time, I can always tell who owns a parrot in Florida. They're the ones with the green streaks down the back of their (laughs) T-shirts. But we don't have to worry about T-shirts. You can just throw them in the washing machine and the bird poop will come right out of them. But, you know, we're more concerned with the dried bird poop on your tile floor or on the bird cage itself, on the cage gratings, on the cage aprons, and on the cage cage perches. The best way to get it off a perch is to first scrape it off and then take that perch and throw it in the sink and use hot water and a scrub brush. With your uh, metal cages, you need to soak it. If it's, if it's dried, you really need to soak it. You can use some dish detergent and hot water and just keep soaking it. Or a really, really good way, there's a product I like very much. It's by a company called Avitech Exotic Birds. And you can find them at www.avitec.com. And they have a product called AvaClean that's an enzyme-based cleaner. And it starts dissolving that bird poop almost right away. You just spray it on, leave it for about five minutes or so, and come back and wipe it away. So is that uh, the AvaClean, is it safe if you use it in the cage? What if, you know, you put you clean a perch that, the, that your bird went on, and, and, and if he touches it with his beak... You know, well, certainly um, with anything, you know, it's not going to if he touches it with his beak, it's not going to kill him. But anything that you use to clean a porous um, surface like a perch, you would definitely want to rinse off before you let your bird use it. Yeah, just in case, you know, it's relatively inert. It's an enzyme based cleaner. And I would email or call the company and ask Jim. Janelle, who owns the company, I mean, she's a great gal. She tests all these products on her own birds, and she's very, very helpful. So you can just give Janelle a holler, and she'll be happy to tell you. Well, I also use vinegar, diluted vinegar, vinegar and water. Excuse me, vinegar and water. Is that okay? And and someone also suggested Listerine water, watered down Listerine. Are those two uh, products also? Well, white vinegar and water is great. Um, I really like cleaning with white vinegar and water because aside from having excellent cleaning properties, it's great on glass, it's great on tile, it's good on your bird cages. It rinses off nice and cleanly. You don't even have to rinse it off if you don't mind your house smelling like a salad. But... um, the acidity of the vinegar also inhibits the growth of mold, which is a great little byproduct there. And um, you spray, I keep a spray bottle, a spray top on a bottle of vinegar and, yes. and spray. I learned that from you. I've seen you in your house. You have that. Okay. I just, also the alcohol. 
Oh, the rubbing alcohol. Yes, I clean all my my um, non-porous surfaces with rubbing alcohol. You you may have you may start be starting to realize I'm kind of an obsessive germ freak where my birds are concerned. <laughs> and also, you have a very white house, so you. Yes, I do. I have a very white house, and I like to and I like to keep it that way. the The color scheme is black and white, not green and white. <laughs> and Listerine. I mean, Listerine. You can use the same way you use alcohol it's germicidal and a friend of mine who's a veterinarian said that um, one time when they were in vet school they cultured the water in toilet bowls and um, they used different um, antiseptics in each one and Listerine killed the most germs oh wow wow yeah really did I have a question I I use this uh, Shackley product I don't know if you ever heard, they they make vitamins and cleaning products as well, all natural. And uh, I wonder if they they have a product called Basic H. I wonder if that would be. Uh, it's one of these products that they use in NASA. They they could brush their teeth with it, and they could clean the. Uh, the spaceship with it too as well okay well you know i I don't know what the product is so i i can't really say that it's absolutely safe to use around your birds but one thing i do have to say is that even if a product is natural and if a product is non-toxic you still don't want to be spraying it around your birds birds have very sensitive respiratory systems so you don't want to be spraying anything right around your birds where where they can inhale it. I mean, you know what happens if you inhale too much water, don't you? Well, uh, uh. You drown. Oh, that's what you mean. <laughs> all right, well, well actually, uh, my next question is, is the silliest of all. Okay, Hello? you ready? Mm-hmm. Drum roll. I have a feeling, and am I wrong, uh, that people sometimes think that parrots might have teeth. Well, <laughs> you know, I have a friend who works in a bird store, and she told me that a couple came in one day, and they they just fell in love with this little African gray parrot, and the baby, you know, he couldn't leave the store because he was still a baby, he was still on baby food, and he wasn't weaned yet, and they were almost ready to commit to buy the parrot, and she was almost ready to sell them the parrot, and then they asked the question, what are you when does he get his teeth? Oh. Well, she almost fell over, but I, I'm sure they're not the first people that ever ask that question. Uh, parrots don't have teeth because they don't need them. They, ha- they have beaks. <laughs> But how do they speak? How do they form those words when they don't even have lips? Well, they don't have lips. They don't need lips. They don't even use their tongues to form those words. The the words are formed down in the bird's throat. And we'll talk about that more in depth in another um in another program. It's sort of like a ventriloquist, you know, the way they use their well, you might think so. I mean, the, the, the very back of the tongue is a little involved, but it, it's really a, um, it, it's an amazing process. I did an article for Bird Talk magazine about that a couple of years ago, and I'll dig up the research and, and we'll talk about it. But one thing I know about birds' tongues, years ago there was this myth that if you split a bird's tongue, it would learn to talk. Absolutely not true. That's not a good one. Don't even think about it. Don't go 
there. No, that's prehistoric and archaic. Okay, I have a, a, a friend of mine asked this question, and uh, I know it's another silly question, but what is the difference between a bird's foot uh, versus a bird's claw? Well, the term, when you're talking about birds, the um, terms foot and claw can be used interchangeably. The foot is a claw. Oh, but, you know, people usually don't refer to pet bird, you know, your own pet bird. You usually re, um, refer to it as its foot. Oh. Or or like in my house, as its little tootsies. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, thank you. Those are all my silly questions for the uh, show. Okay. Well, thanks, Roberta. We have to think up some more for next time. Okay. Well, thanks for being here at Wings and Things on Pet Life Radio. And email me your silly questions at susan at petliferadio.com. Join us every week on Wings and Things with your host, Susan Chamberlain, and get a bird's eye view of everything there is to know about pet birds and how to make your frequent flyer a happy camper. Wings and Things, only on PetLifeRadio.com.